0: This is the Blaze Radio on demand. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Billy Hallowell and Chris Field, the Church Boys, from the sublime to the ridiculous, the mostly ridiculous. (laughs)
0: Yes, that's right. We're back. We know you missed us. It's been a long week for you. Missed out listening to uh, Billy sing his songs and me read my poetry, so we're here for our regular poetry and song singing session. Oh, Billy, what you got for us to open with? Um,
2: I've got nothing for you you've, to open you've with. You've come unprepared. I'll, although, no, I actually do have something to okay. open with. Um, you know, basically... The Church Boys are amazing, right? Well, well, I mean, this is the best show right, that has right. ever been aired on any podcast platform in America, in the world, in the globe universe, wherever, right. whatever, whatever other structure we all live
0: under. That's all. <laughs> that's your, That's all you got. See, people, this, well, is, no, what, this is what I work with. Why. This is what I'm stuck here's with. Why. See, I'm stuck li- listening to... Okay, sorry, go ahead. Here's
2: why we are... We are actually not that awesome, so it's perplexing why our numbers are growing on this show. Um, but... Maybe it's because people, you know, enjoy our
0: banter. Maybe it was John Seidel last week. Oh, I think that's probably what it was. John Seidel. We had huge numbers last week, and thank you, John Seidel. Don't yeah, tell him. Don't so, tell him I, I, I mean, said that. Maybe,
2: maybe that is what it is. Maybe it's because we give people a lens into awesomeness, into true awesomeness.
0: <laughs> Whose awesomeness are you talking about? <laughs> this is not. <laughs> this I don't is, know. Listen, I'm. Trying this might to build be the worst opening up. we've ever had. <laughs>
2: Well, listen. Our show went from—I mean, honestly, it's amazing. About a hundred listeners, right, the first week, and that was twelve weeks ago. To well, the
0: first week we had—we've—we've we've never been as low as a hundred. We've always had several hundred.
2: All right, so I'm lying. I'm just trying to build this up some <laughs> okay, more. fun. Sorry. We went from several hundred to
0: thousands,
2: tens of thousands. Thank you. Yeah, very Yeah, actually, much. which is amazing. That's, and that's... um, but no, it has nothing to do with how. But awesome folks, we hey, are. but
0: listen, it, listen, listen. As my favorite. One of my favorite all-time radio hosts has always said and still says on his podcast, a guy named Michael O'Mara, don't get happy. Don't get happy. Don't, you got to keep listening. Keep downloading. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Visit our Facebook page. Do all that stuff. You can find us at all those places, and we need you to listen harder. Wait, do you know where we're not where we need to be? We that? are not on Instagram,
2: and it would be awesome to just have oh. awkward photos of us mid-talk on video while we're recording
0: the show. You know what we could and do. Just... Go ahead. Wait, what we go do? Ahead. We have these. No, pic- no well, you we know, have a no. picture
2: of me on shower. Well, you know what we.
0: <laughs> you know what we could do? What we Word. could do is I was gonna say, is not just do Instagram, but we could also like do a video recording of our show, and that would go gangbusters. And then we could sell it to the Blaze Network TV network for millions of dollars, and they would have they would put it put us on on you know Sundays.
2: Would I have to brush my hair?
0: No, no, that would be the that would be the uh, the selling point. Awesome.
2: I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Let's talk about a legitimate argument we've been having though, because I think that we need to we need to start the show talking about this. And it's a very important issue, by the way. It's extremely important. And I think really, you know, it's been a huge, huge schism in the the Blaze staff over this mm-hmm. issue of Jamie Foxx. And
0: you know, a very not, controversial not, story but, about him.
2: Right. This week. We'll talk about the story, but the bigger issue, right, is whether or not Jamie Foxx is an actor or a singer. And there seems to be a very big debate among the staff at The Blaze over whether you know he falls more in music or or acting.
0: Well, and so now here's here's where the debate happened, because Billy's got a story up this week, and we're going to talk about the story. I think it's worth talking about. But the big hubbub, the big hullabaloo, the big... Whatchamacallit, the big fight amongst the Blazers, well, between Billy and everyone, everyone. else, <laughs> was this fight, like, he wanted to put, you know, act uh, singer Jamie Foxx, and it's like, everybody says, singer Jamie Foxx, actor Jamie Foxx, he's an actor who happens to sing, and Billy's obviously ignorant, And Jamie Foxx is an actor. Or under
2: the age of 75, and I'm not only thinking about the WB show he had in 1943.
0: The WB show. He's been in a whole bunch of other movies. And he's also put out four studio albums, but who's counting? He has spent way more time being an actor who happens to sing.
2: How about we're all
0: wrong and he started as a comedian? Fine. You know what? We're going to settle this once and for all. I'm going to call somebody here who can give us final word on this. Do not tell this person. If you try to... Text her and tell her I'm, I'm calling. Gonna I'm going to go I'm crazy. Gonna I'm going to go nuts on you. Here, let me call this person and see if they're willing to come on. Uh, <laughs> see if on yeah. the air if they're willing to come on. Yeah, well, you know what.
1: <laughs>
0: Boom. And add. I wonder if they'll pick up because they might not recognize the number. I can't wait to hear it ring. Come on. It's I dialed <laughs> it. There we go.
2: Oh, there it is. There it is. She doesn't even know what she's in for. We have to leave a voicemail if she doesn't look ah, up. Come on. She hasn't recognized oh.
0: Maybe. Oh, she hung up! <laughs> it didn't even let it go to voicemail. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Text ah. her. Uh, are she on Slack right now?
2: I don't know. I'm not even oh, Slack p- open is a, is up, open a message up, system that we use Open internally. up your,
0: Open up Slack. I'm I'm going to tell her I will. I'm opening it right now. And I'm going to tell her pick up your friggin' phone. I know Should you tell h- her you who, hung up on us.
2: Tell her it's an emergency and that the, and that she's needed.
0: <laughs> that there's okay. somebody spelled yeah,
2: somebody we're, spelled let me find her. Mississippi wrong. wrong. And we need a, we need someone to correct it. We're actually we haven't even told the listeners who we're trying to call. Should we do that? Sure. All right, this we're trying to reach Blaze front page editor Madeline. It's well, uh bureau chief, Washington bureau chief, right? Oh wait, well yeah, you know, titles are titles. I can't get them correct, but I she is the Washington bureau chief, but she also is all things um awesome when it comes to edit. And she and she's co- a copy editor and and does a lot of wonderful things, but is also in charge of the DC team.
0: Okay, she gave me another
2: number to call. Okay, so okay. she doesn't know why we're calling her, but we are about to call her. She
0: is going to be live on the Church Boys. Okay, let me find. Where did you go? Where's my Where's my Billy? Where did my Skype? I'm here. Can you hear me? Where's my you No, know, you're there. I can hear you. I just can't see you, which was a blessing, but I it makes it hard you for frantically me. frantically
2: looking for me, which is really <laughs> it amazing. makes
0: me it makes it hard for me to dial when I can't find the window here. Okay, here she gave me a new number to dial. Here, call the office. Right. Call the DC office.
2: Here. I'm not going to speak at all until you have. You have asked her the question. We've already battled about this. Okay. I'm calling her now. Okay. The listeners are probably
0: at this point like, what is happening? Hi. You'll see. Hello?
1: Hey, what's going on? Is this Madeline? Yeah.
0: This is Chris Field calling. Hello. Hey, um, so I had to ask you a very important question. Oh, and by the way, I'm recording this call. Is that okay with you?
1: Okay. Okay.
0: I have to ask you a question. You just got really nervous. Is Jamie Foxx wait 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 wait, 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 wait no, I, no 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 I no I, I, bl- 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 <laughs> I have to ask you a very important question Oh god Is Jamie Foxx an actor or a singer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he is both.
1: Oh,
3: oh, no, what a pop out. How much is how much
1: time Lee an actor?
0: Okay, actor, good. He is good. He's an actor. So, Billy, suck it, Trebek. That's what I have to say. Here's the deal. So, Madeline, we're recording recording the church boys right now, and we decided to call you because you're the Washington Bureau Chief, and who else would know better than the Washington Bureau Chief whether or not Jamie Foxx is an actor or a singer, and I happen to agree with you.
1: This is I the best think... way to make my debut on the Church Boys podcast, I would like to state for the record.
2: See, isn't it? This is great. Now, listen, I don't dis- I don't disagree. I think he is both. I do think he's trying to transition more. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's ironic considering the story we're talking about. He's trying to transition more into um, music and singing, which is why he hosted the iHeart Music Awards and performed with, Chris Brown, and we all know Chris Brown has a very so, rugged history. So, so we don't need to get into that.
1: <laughs> yes, so, and as evidenced by his turn as Ray Charles in the film Ray, and, and why was he to... chosen?
2: And why was he chosen as Ray Charles? Because, because he's a great, he because sing. he's a
0: great actor who happens to be able to sing. He was also oh, in a movie a with. He was also in a movie with Tom Cruise.
2: I'm gonna educate all of you right now that he has four studio albums. The first one coming out in 1994, and it was called Peep This. I have no clue what that means. I don't know what this means, but probably something dirty. But that was his first album. And his latest one was Best Night of My Life in 2000. So, did
0: he do a lot of singing in Django Unchained? I've never seen that film. I, I'm telling you I that can he confirm, didn't. No. How about, how about colla- the movie Collateral?
1: All predominantly acting. Roles. Okay, so he's got, four, uh, continue, he's got. I will continue to hold down the actor for it. I will, I will concede, yes, he has, the, he has the singing background, and that's what he's maybe shifting into more. Right. But he's an actor. He's, and he's got Wait, great exactly. skills. If, and so here's
0: what if, Who is that?
2: So, but, but here, what if we find common ground here and we admit that we're all wrong, and he really started as a comedian.
0: Well, he probably did, didn't he? He did. Was he well, on? Was he on? Um, <laughs> he was on In Living Color, wasn't he? Wasn't he a big? Yeah, he was on In Living Color for years. Yeah. Listen, all I know so here's, is here's, all I know is. So, if you go to IMDb, all... Billy, Billy, says, Billy says Billy says what makes him a musician is that he was on stage. With who? No, he hosted the iHeart Music Awards. I don't care, I don't care. And performed with Chris Brown on the stage. Okay, well, that doesn't matter. He performed with Chris Brown on stage, so that makes him a musician. No, he's put out four albums. And he has four albums. But if you go to IMDb, he's got 44 acting credits. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Madeline. Hold on,
2: Madeline's whole world is shattered because... He is an Oscar winner, but he's also a Grammy winner. He's won Grammys. So is Al Gore. Specific.
0: Al Gore has yeah, won. won
2: Al- Whoa, Al Gore won a Grammy. Wait a minute. Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't know this until today, okay? And, and you know, we're never supposed to use Wikipedia, but this is what Wikipedia is telling me, so I'm violating That's exactly what standpoint. I'm on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, and three of his Uh, uh, uh. albums have been charted highly on the Billboard 200. Unpredictable intuition and best night of my life. Although, Peep This did not make the Billboard 200,
3: which is sad.
1: Poor one out for Peep This.
2: I think that we're both right, Madeline. That's what I'm going to say. Madeline's like, what's off this call?
1: (laughs) This is this is I this this is probably the best call I've had. Okay, uh, so. <laughs> the, 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 this is the best surprise podcast recording call I've ever had. Oh, that's about fantastic.
0: fantastic! Probably also the also the worst, I would suppose.
1: Well, right, it's the no, only no, one, so it's a short bar for either side.
0: We're <laughs> gonna let you get back to work, but we well, thought we would. Hurry I had us. I had one other question. Did you yeah. want to share any horror stories of editing Billy's nonsense? <laughs> it's a family show, I thought. Oh yeah, it is a family <laughs> show. Uh oh, we're losing something. uh Oh.
2: Someone's trying to fax one of us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: Um,
1: as far as horror stories, like I said, it's this is a family show, so I'm told. Okay. So,
0: you know. All right. I'll <laughs>
2: well,
1: um, let you go. Okay. Well, gentlemen. All right. Thanks for, clear,
2: thanks, for,
0: thanks for clearing that up for us.
2: Call anytime. All right. <laughs> I can't believe he won a Grammy. Bye-bye. Who knew? He has won a Grammy. <laughs> this changes the whole dynamic because her argument yesterday, by the way, was that he won an Oscar, and that's why he had to be an actor. But now that I know he won a Grammy... Really, this changes the whole paradigm.
0: That's true. It's a paradigm shift. It's a transition, if you will. It's some sort of shift. So um, did you hear her say she said call anytime? (laughs) Yes. At the end? Okay, so I'm going to make a phone call here. And uh, What's that? What if
2: we photo? What if we photo? Oh, my gosh. I'm calling
0: calling right now to see if she meant it. What if we podcast bomb somebody every episode?
3: Hello.
0: Is this Madeline? Yes. Hey, You said call anytime. Were you telling the truth? Well, you have. <laughs> no, just I'm just asking if you were telling the truth.
1: Uh, of course. Okay. I, I don't tell just, a lie. All,
0: all we're doing is just testing that. Okay. Okay, bye.
1: Carry on. <laughs> do,
2: you know, do you know what's so awful about this? We are going to have a really legitimate portion of this show be an interview <laughs> with Mark Burdett and Roma Downey today, and the first half of the show is totally unhinged.
1: Alright. Sounds good.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I hit. I didn't hit the hang up button. I'll let you hang up because I might wind up hanging up on Billy, and then we're screwed. Uh, Grammy winning. Goodbye. He's a Grammy winner, by the way, as I mentioned.
1: <laughs> so, so I read on Wikipedia.
0: Okay. Love you. Bye.
1: <laughs>
2: let's. All right. Let's actually let's transition. I story. keep saying transition for a reason. Into the real reason we were talking about Jamie Fox in the about first who? place, which is... actor Jamie Fox. Actor and singer and comedian and writer Oscar, Jamie Foxx. Oscar winning, Oscar winner Jamie Foxx. Grammy winner Jamie Foxx. And he...
0: Oscar, yes. He cracked
2: a joke at the at the Iheart <coughs> Music Awards where he was hosting a music show with his fellow musicians. Um, and this and this joke during the monologue was Wait, about Bruce
0: I have Jenner. A, so I have a question. Was he singing, singing his monologue or acting out his monologue?
2: He did sing during the show. Did but he? he was speaking his monologue. Okay. He was performing it. Right. Like an actor would, probably not like a
0: like an opera star, a musical star, but actually speaking. Here's so if you don't
2: stop, I'm going so to actually extradite you to Indiana,
0: where <laughs> you will be discriminated against. <laughs> now, now you're lying. See, now you make up lies <laughs> about Indiana, the good people of Indiana, I, I which agree. is a, a debate for another day. All right, so let's. Uh, you want to play the? Jo- want me to play the joke now, or do you want to set it up more? No, more you know what?
2: Nonsense? I think we're just going to play it. Okay. okay,
0: this is Jamie Foxx. Here's what he had to say at the iHeart Music Awards. Okay, here we go
1: got some groundbreaking performances here, too, tonight. We got Bruce Jenner will be here doing some musical performances.
0: There's a picture of Bruce Jenner on screen. He's
1: doing his and her duet all by himself. Bacon soda, I got bacon soda. bacon soda. Look, I'm just busting your balls.
0: While I still can. Give it up!
1: <laughs> Give okay. it up!
0: So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, there's audio playing now. Sorry, just to say, there we go. So, do you want
2: to know what I love about this? I'm gonna. So, I'm just gonna call you out right now because one of your main arguments for why you thought this was ridiculous was that it wasn't funny.
0: It isn't. <laughs> I don't think that was funny. I thought. Okay, so tell people what the controversy is.
2: So the controversy is that Bruce Jenner has been rumored. None of this has really been confirmed. Right. But rumored to be in the middle of a, of a conversion from male to female. Right. So undergoing that allegedly. And so making the joke about that is, is basically a knock on him for being transgender. Right. Allegedly transgender. Sure. So, um, you know, it's a monologue. This is what comedians do. This is what singers and actors do when they're hosting award shows. They I bet you he didn't even write this. It probably was written by somebody else.
0: Um you know, and he's gotten a lot of heat for this. People are really upset about it. So here's so here's here's my question: If it's, I think you should be able to make fun of anybody for any reason. That doesn't mean that I do it. Oh, we'll we'll rip on people for doing stupid things. I think stupid is the best thing to make fun of because it's stupid can be dangerous, right? So let's right. make fun of stupid. That's that's not a problem. And you know, there's an old comedian. I think his name was Mike Warnke or somebody who always talked about. He says I. He says I make fun of gay people. I make fun of straight people. I make fun of people inside the church i make fun of people outside the church i make all fun of all things i make fun of witchcraft all those things i especially make fun of those bad things because those are all his thing was those are all lies that satan tells and there needs to be somebody out there pointing at these lies that satan tells and laughing at them and, and pointing out how ridiculous they are so so anyway i i think you should be able to make fun of anything and point things out that are ridiculous regardless of whose feelings might get hurt I tend not to make fun of people for being fat just because I just think it's just not kind, right? You can make fun of me for being fat or having a big nose or you know, or you know, smelling bad or whatever. Okay, it might hurt my feelings, but I don't that doesn't mean that I think you shouldn't be able to do it. Or that the whole country should come out and say, You're a horrible person. You violated Bruce Jenner's rights or whatever. I don't I think we're just overly sensitive people calling you're disgusting. I don't care what Jamie Foxx says about people whether it's about Christians or non-Christians. I think I think Christians would if if he were making fun of Christians, Christians should be right to say, "You know what? Maybe that's not kind." And and put out the other side of the argument and say, "Why would you say that when this is what the truth is?" And that sort of but anyway, I don't think that Jamie Foxx should be forced to apologize or not allowed to make those kinds of jokes because where does it stop?
2: I think that we are living in this perpetual society where people are just so outraged all the time and they they have to go after somebody. Would I have said this no because I think it's not funny. You know, I just think I think it's a complicated issue, right? And I think it's a complicated issue that um, I don't begin to even really understand. So I'm not going to really crack a joke about it. I don't make fun of people who are fat mainly because I'm a little overweight and also I I just I think making fun of people's appearances is it's a little cheap.
0: mean and I wouldn't do it. Well, but, and, it's, and it's the easy route. It's cheap humor. And sometimes cheap humor is what you do. But I mean... No,
2: I just think... Listen, I just think it's something that I wouldn't... I would not choose to do it. But it's an award show. I mean, you watch the Oscars, you watch any award show, the Grammys, apparently the iHeart Music Awards, which um, they're only in their second year and aren't very well known. Maybe they're looking for jokes to get get attention for the yeah, award show. Yeah, Clearly absolutely. this got attention. We all know what the iHeart you know Music Awards are now. Yeah. So... Um, I, you know, again, his daughters in the audience. Not that that should matter. Usually, the person who's the target is in the audience themselves. Right. Uh, but you know, I, I, think it's it's extra weird because the issue is very odd for a lot of people. They don't understand it, and so maybe you know. And, and there's also this group of people fighting for rights for transgendered people. So I think there was extra outrage.
0: Uh, but I don't think he's apologized or anything. Well, I, I, I don't understand. think he should. I, I again, was it a joke I would make? No. But why? Because I just don't find it that funny. Right? And I, trust me, I know not funny. We've been doing this for weeks now. If you listen to the <laughs> show, obviously Billy and I know not funny. We get it. We know it
2: well. Actually, he hasn't tweeted. This is kind of interesting. Well, he doesn't tweet that often. I'm looking at his Twitter account. Uh, but he hasn't tweeted since this happened, right. um, which is kind of intriguing. Hmm. 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 Anyway. Hmm. Big anyway, hmm. moving hmm. on hmm. to another controversy.
0: You know what? I'm going to give you a controversy here right after we take this little break. Is that alright? Oh, whatever. We'll be right back. Maybe.
1: Boy. <laughs> <Hello there. laughs> I know. the trash boy. <laughs>
2: So while we're talking about music, right, and music controversies and Jamie Foxx and the iHeart Music Awards, there's another music controversy that's sort of been brewing for about a month and a half, and it involves this country music group, and it's the group's Little Big Town, which I didn't know much about. I'd heard of them, but they have this new song out. It's been out since February called Girl Crush, and it's sung by a female artist. So now,
0: this is nat- this is an example of... We talked about the people who are in, say, of perpetual outrage on the left, you know, the the transgendered community and fighting for rights for the transgender community and the people on the left who are perpetually outraged about everything all the time and getting mad about Jamie Foxx's joke. Now we swing it over and it's happening on the right too. So it's not just the left that does it. If you ahead, ever I'm interrupt sorry. me again, I'll extradite you to Indiana where you will be discriminated against. I have the power to mute you right now. So go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and tell the... Go ahead and tell, tell no, I'm sir. totally kidding. Oh, I just turned you down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't hear you. I just turned you down. <laughs> now you're back. Go ahead. You're awful. You're an awful person.
2: But, you know, you're right. I think this is an example of people on the right who just are not. A, there's like a comprehension problem here, I think. and And it's concerning. And B, you know, it's just sort of insanity. But I guess like on the surface, right, you hear the name of the song, Girl Crush. You hear a woman singing it and you assume this is some sort of you know, same-sex attraction song, you know, lesbian song. Right. Um, but then you actually listen to it, and you use your creative thinking, listening, comprehension skills, and you realize it's just a creative song about a woman who is upset. And let me read some of the lyrics. But this woman, long sing story the, short, sing, is upset sing. that her boyfriend has left her and gone with somebody else. Right. Now you need to sing and You sing the lyrics, though. I'm not going to sing. You, you, sing you sing the lyrics. I bet you, you have a beautiful a girl church girl voice. Crush,
0: I want, Hate to admit it, but I got a heart.
2: I don't know. I that was actually the most awful thing I've heard this I week. Know, um,
0: I don't know how the song goes.
2: I'm I've just read the lyrics. To, I'm going to spoken word perform <clears> it. Okay. I got a girl crush. Hate to admit it. Could you it, be whiter? But I got a hard rush. It's slowing down. I got it real bad. Want everything she has. All right, so that does sound <laughs> okay, a little Okay, that's terrible bit, writing, by the way.
0: No, but it's not when you when
2: you hear when the you song before actually really the,
0: creative. The, okay, no, the girl crush portion is creative because of the context of the song, but those lines, "I got a girl crush, hate to admit it, but I got a hard, it's I got a hard rush, it's slowing down, I got it real bad when everything she has." Okay, that's not a horribly great writing. We're not. This isn't. That's not like Elton John or style writing. I didn't, I didn't
2: realize that you, know you were just, um, country music. Fine, just go ahead and
0: continue on your very white ways. And
2: then it says, All right, let me. You want me to perform it? Yep. Continue to perform. Okay, please. That smile and that midnight laugh she's giving you now. I want to taste her lips. Yeah, because they taste like you. Um, done,
0: so. Done, done.
2: That's the key, though. They taste like, So she's upset because you know he's with this new woman he only wants to kiss her lips because it's her you know ex-boyfriend or husband's lips that she misses so the point is it, everybody's freaking out over this song and they're calling for boycotts and they and country music stations have had to actually take it off of the air because people are claiming it's it's a song that has to do with with a gay relationship when it's not
0: well and and uh it's um it reminds me of it's a song about a woman who wants her man back Right? She's jealous right. about the woman who's didn't Madonna do a song like that about Sean Penn? I mean it wasn't like Girl Crush and I wanna kiss the girl who's kissing you because I want to kiss you. I don't know. Like... All I think all
2: I can keep thinking in my head is Brandy and Monica, the the boy is mine, the battle back and forth in
0: like nineteen ninety something. That's one of the worst references I have ever heard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We all remember uh, that. No, we do not. I don't. know you no, remember no. it.
0: Oh it's just you give me such a
2: you don't remember those two were a powerhouse with that song.
1: <laughs>
2: Chris, those of you who can't see Chris, which would be all of you except for me, he is bent over vomiting.
0: Why are I don't understand? Why would you make that reference? That's Nobody I'm, knows I, what you're I'm talking about. I'm saying
2: the truth. What I'm thinking yeah, is you know that song?
0: Stop thinking. So, the but the but it's been the right who's been up in arms about this. They they have a song, and now this this embarrasses me because. I'm actually headed to Boise this weekend. Consider that Elena Lynn, a radio personality who hosts 104.5, 104.3 FM's morning show in Boise, Idaho, received emails and phone calls alleging just that, that it was a same-sex agenda and causing her to shelve the song. I mean, come on, people. I mean, it's insane. I, I just, I am so sick of people being offended all the time it's it's, it's it's though we have nothing else to be nothing else to occupy our time than if we're mad or ticked off about something like that's the well, only thing that fulfills anybody anymore It's just to be mad and ticked off at some Unoffended, point offended i mean i should say but at
2: some point people were and i think we've reinforced this in society for some reason is people were were brought under the impression that if you disagree with something, that something should not be allowed to exist. And I think, you know, that or that perspective should not be allowed to exist. And I think that's how we're we're all operating as a society right now. And it's really unhealthy. You know, you see it with the gay marriage debate. You see it with with a lot of different debates. And you see it with the right too on on, on certain issues in the way that they're addressed. I think you've got to figure out how to live in a society with people and i'm going on this like serious tie right now but yeah. where you can agree to disagree and survive with one another and you know hold your stance but but not malign somebody to the point of not allowing them to have a view anymore
0: yeah and both sides of the uh, both sides of the coin say we want this pluralistic society we keep saying that and then nobody act ag- I should say nobody and then the fringes of both sides not even the fringes but like the core of both sides then doesn't live like they believe that, like that's what they actually want. It's a nice thing to say. We want a pluralistic society where Muslims and Jews and Christians and liberals and conservatives and gays and straights can all live next to each other and get along, except that so many of us don't live that way anymore. Just leave us alone. Let us be neighbors with each other and get along and have fun together. But don't expect me to endorse your lifestyle. I don't expect you to endorse my lifestyle. But don't get mad at me for not endorsing it. Right. And I think. And don't know, get mad at it, me. And don't get super mad at me for saying that I think that, you know, something you think is silly or whatever. It's, it's fine. If you think something I think is silly, fine. You think that. That's fine. We can have a discussion about that. But do you need to that. shut it down? Do you need right. to go to that place? Right. You know? Criticize me back. That's fine. You criticize me back. I don't have a problem with that. I criticize right. you, you criticize me, we can have a discussion a debate, we can disagree, and if it gets to criticism and yelling because we feel like the other side's not hearing then that's that's unfortunate that maybe it gets to that level, but that doesn't mean I think you should be forced to stop saying it unless what you're saying is, you know, treasonous, you know, th- there are things that are that the first amendment, you know, doesn't protect. Like but maligning the-, the church boys right if you if you were to talk about how horrible we are well then obviously we would just blow up your computer we would reach through it's, your.
2: it's not it's not accepted no it's, not, a, not, it's at all. not constitutional
0: not at all oh, okay you've calmed me down now you talk about that
2: i actually think we should talk about something I serious that, I that we, are, we are not a tabloid today hmm we i think we need to talk about a very serious you know, thing you know what we will talk about when we come
0: right back what we got an interview a very oh, yes, fascinating interview. Did you forget already? Like we just did this did. interview and he's already <laughs> forgotten. Because sure you know did. why? Billy Hobnobs was celebrity. So he speaks to them all the time. Unlike this schmo over here. I don't really get to talk to people who are important because they won't have anything to do with me. But because I'm friends <laughs> with Billy. Quote friends with Billy. I'm attached to Billy. Um, shackled to Billy. Or he's shackled to me. I actually get to talk to some famous people and hoity-toity people every once in a while. And so today is one of those days actually. We got to talk to Mark and Roma uh, now, they, and they are not a uh, a morning uh, zoo duo but they are actually <laughs> Mark Burnett and Roma Downey creators of the new AD series. It's airing this weekend. Uh, it's a 12 week series. Anyway, we got to talk to them and we're going to bring that interview to you right after this break. So uh, stick around. We will be right back. A church
3: boys. Back, back
1: to the church boys.
2: So in a couple of days, we are all going to be celebrating, or most of us, those who do observe Easter um, on Sunday, and with Easter is coming a show, and most of you have probably heard of this show because I feel like Mark Burnett and Roma Downey have been uh, pretty much on every single show that was ever created in the last 50 years um, they even went back in time to appear on shows that have already been canceled to talk about <laughs> ad um, and and i love it i mean mark mark and roma are great and for those of you who don't know mark Burnett, he's he's a brilliant brilliant um executive producer television producer um who's brought a lot of shows out like Survivor, The Voice, um, and and Roma, Roma Downey has been an actress for years. She was in Touched by an Angel. They are married. They made the Bible series on History, and now their follow up is AD, which premieres this Sunday on
0: NBC. And, and Chris they are, and I said, and they are what? really cool. They are really cool. They're
2: much cooler than we are, oh, by far. So we talk with them, and we're gonna we're gonna play that interview for you guys right now. We are here today with uh, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey. They have a really exciting project coming out on Sunday. It's the 12-week AD series. It's the follow-up to the Bible. How are you guys doing today?
1: Oh, We're well, doing great. Yeah, really good.
2: You know what I love, and, and it's it's so interesting to me because I don't think there is a show, a radio show, a TV show that you guys um have not been on. And I think it's wonderful. It's amazing. You are two of the most energetic people I think I have ever seen. How how do you guys I mean I know on these on these press junkets and, and promotion it's it's chaotic and you're traveling and you're moving around. But how do you guys do it? I mean how do you keep your energy up and and do it to the level of, of what you've been doing to promote AD.
3: Well, I think that we love we love what we do. We're passionate about what we do, and we believe in what we're doing, and we get to do it together. And I think that it's the combination of all of that 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 energizes and um, you know and keeps us enthusiastic. And we felt so much momentum and support on the road with AD. The Bible continues all across the country, and all the uh, churches that we've. Spoken in, and the friends that we've met along the way, and I think that um, you know all of that encouragement has also really um, you know given us energy. Uh, all the prayers that we felt have given us energy. So you know here we are on the home stretch. The show will premiere on Sunday night, and uh, and we couldn't be more excited. Uh, on the,
0: uh, along those along those lines, Mark and Roma, and and um, not to get too heavy too quickly, but we don't have a whole ton of time here. Um one of the things that I'm curious about as a, as, a, as a man trying to live a godly life with his with his wife and kids, I know how difficult it can be with just my you know average American schedule working for the blaze and doing whatever it is we do. You guys are out there all the time. I, do you have clones of yourself somewhere? and how do you how are you keeping your marriage together and your your, your family intact and your faith intact and all that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm sure our people would love to know that. I mean, you're a Hollywood couple and it seems too rare. Uh, to see successful celebrity couples staying together like you guys are?
1: Well, three questions you've asked there. The family, the marriage, and the faith. So how do we keep the faith together? Well, the good news is that AD is all about our faith. So every day we're talking about and living our faith through AD because all we're talking about, like this moment with you, we're discussing jesus um and the book of acts you know um regarding our family um two of our kids are in college so they happen to not be in the house at the moment they're, they're doing their finals probably and there's, like, there's a couple of weeks in university and uh the youngest is is a senior who's been on location with us uh and while we're here on this junket he's on a high school uh he goes to a christian school and he's um at the retreat right now with this Christian school and regarding our marriage well that's the easiest thing of all because I'm married to an angel I can't read that literally right I love it yeah.
3: well cool. you know we you know we we pray we, we we know that prayer works we have experienced prayer in our lives and um and that's something that's important to us in our marriage. And also we have a good laugh, you know, we we have a good sense of humor about it. We have a lot of friends who wondered if we had lost our minds working together as husband and wife. Um, one friend joked that he couldn't even hang wallpaper with his wife. And, <laughs> how, you know, how are we getting along so well? And we do, you know, we don't always agree in everything, but we have learned to respectfully disagree And we know that between stimulus and response, there's a space. And if you allow yourself a moment of grace and not live your life in reaction to each other, it can, you know, it can be very, very helpful. And um, and I think that we both learned to do that in the marriage.
2: That's good advice. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to use that in my in absolutely. my marriage. I think that's great. That's right. Well, let me let me ask you about you know, some of the lessons, because what I love about the two of you, one of the many things that I love is that you really took big risks and, and went out and you did the Bible series. And, and I think it came at a time where, where audiences really craved and really wanted something um, that reflected their values and that really took them through the history of the Bible. What were some of the lessons that you learned from that first series? Um, some of the good, maybe some of the things you wanted to improve on that you were able to integrate into A.D.?
3: Um, uh, well, we, we learned so much. You know, um, it really was a—we uh, really jumped in with both feet into the Bible. It was rather ambitious in some ways that we only had 10 hours to try and tell the, the whole Bible. Um, and so what A.D has given us is an opportunity to take a deeper dive into um, this portion of scripture. Um, A.D. Uh, embraces uh, the Book of Acts, and uh, these first twelve weeks uh, take us through the 10, first ten chapters, uh, starting uh, with the crucifixion but and the resurrection of Jesus, remembering the story did not end at the cross, it was just the beginning. And, uh, and we go right through to the 12th episode of this first season with the conversion of Cornelius. Mm. And I think if we, if we learned anything, it was the importance in breathing these stories onto the screen that we would emotionally engage an audience, that we would show the humanity of the characters so that an audience can relate to them. You know, many of these people are are flawed. They have human weakness, like we all do. And I think that in in making them relatable, um, an audience can recognise themselves on the on the screen, and the story, you know, then becomes a much more a personal.
2: Absolutely. And I know, you know, one of the things that always happens with any project that has to do with the Bible, and that's why I I commend you guys so much for diving into these projects, is that people will, you know, ask this question. So I'm going to ask you the question. I think I already know the answer to it. But, you know, how biblical is AD, meaning how close to the Bible is the series kept?
1: Well, remember, AD, the Bible was the Bible, you know, and which was uh, extremely close in every theme to the Bible. Um, we told it a little differently, as you know in the Bible. Like, for example, in the story of Abraham, we told it a little bit through Sarah's eyes, but still keeping to the Scripture. AD is the story of the birth of the early church, which involves probably half of it is the Acts of the Apostles, and then later on um, the Epistles, um, and about half of it is historical, because you know there were five major groups in Jerusalem. I mean, the, there was the Herod family, of course, completely crazy. There were uh, the Roman overlords under Pontius Pilate and Tiberius working out of Rome. Um, There were the temporal authorities operating under Caiaphas. There were the zealots who believed that freedom from Rome required sword. And of course, in the middle of it all were the apostles, which became the growing groups of disciples, who believed that violence was not the way, love was the way. And by showing all of these groups and the historical tension in Jerusalem, it made you realize what the the, the, the founders of the church, what the apostles went through to get us here. If you think about the, the theme of A.D., A.D. is a story of how did 12 guys take down Rome? It's like unbelievable if you think of it. I mean, obviously it's God's plan, so we believe it. But if, you, if you just told someone what was going on, you'd think that Rome would have rounded them up and killed them all in the day after they crucified Jesus. But somehow, it grew and grew and grew, and it grew so quickly, it became a really big problem for the authorities, because they couldn't kill them all. Remember, after Pentecost, there were 3,000 in one day. This is, this, yep. it, because it was the, God had chosen the right time, the right time. And if you look at something, the major character in the in the Acts of the Apostles is the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is mentioned 57 times in the Acts of the Apostles i think uh, i think i think it's 216 times in the New Testament mm. the Holy Spirit is the key and if you look at AD the Holy Spirit is all over AD cool so
0: um on on the historical side who did you pull in or what role did historians play and other pastors play in making sure you kept it historically accurate and doing all those things i mean you couldn't rely on just your own knowledge or maybe you did well oh, no, i,
3: don't know. I don't know just as as in uh, Making the Bible, we knew that bringing a d to the screen brought with it a huge responsibility, and we took that very seriously and we worked with theologians and scholars and and a number of pastors uh, with each draft of the script and we sent it out and we took advice of course we did to make sure that we you know that we kept the integrity of scripture and that we told the story accurately. but We also pulled in from historic writings of the time, from Josephus and others, to create a political Uh, context and the historic context into which the story could breathe and as Mark mentioned all of the groups that are represented there and the drama that that creates you know we wanted to show the kind of political thriller element that is AD Mm -hmm. to create the tension of that times um, and, and show the darkness of the times because even though we're interested in the light and in the light of Christ throughout the story and the Holy Spirit um, the 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 light is shown uh, set against the dark, which allows it to shine all the more brightly. And it's through these dangerous times that the disciples walk with with courage, um, in spite of the persecution that they are experiencing and the fear that surrounds them.
1: And if you look at that from a historical point of view, I mean, there are obviously lots of historical documents. I mean, we're not lots, I mean, it's the first century, so the fact that any of these documents um, remain is amazing, but, you know, the earliest one was Josephus, Flavius Josephus, you know, who was the first to write the Jewish War, which is the first historical document which proves Jesus existed. Now, we've got the Bible, which is our faith, and we live by faith, but Josephus is a historical document, and he was kind of apathetic towards whether Cared about Christianity. You know, he just mentioned in passing who Jesus was and that he was killed by Pontius Pilate. You know, you've got also after that, you've got uh, Cornelius Tacitus, who's a Roman historian who was very hostile to Christianity, but again, he also you know mentioned Jesus. Um, you know, um, and then you, after that you had um, Gaius Plinius. Uh, again, very hostile towards Christianity. He ex- was known for executing Christians. But again, you know, he—he. He, these are very important documents, and there's many more. And we put a great team together to really give a, a, a flavor of the times. You, have to, you know that when Jerusalem fell in around AD 70, the Romans were were crucifying 500 Jews a day the day. You ever get the, um, I don't know if you know that or not, or if you knew that fact, but this was really crazy times, and I think I D really shows how much we owe to the founders of the church, of the early church. Think how scary it was to be following Jesus at that time.
2: Wow. Oh, absolutely, and I think that, that is, it's, it's really a draw for people, and obviously you guys picked a great time, you know, Easter, to, to launch all of this, and let me... Ask what the biggest challenge was. You know, anytime you're putting together a Bible-based project, you know, whether it's film or TV, versus all, all of the other things both of you have done, you know, what are some of the unique challenges to a project like A D?
1: Well, it's scale. One one thing is scale. I mean, you're talking about a massive set, a set that was the biggest set ever built in Morocco. And is a place where Ridley Scott made Gladiator, Ridley Scott also made Kingdom of Heaven. We made the Bible the set we built for a d is the biggest set we've ever built in in Morocco, so large that at times people including us got lost in the streets of Jerusalem that we built on the way to various locations it's massive and you and you've seen it so you can see the scale we built there so that's difficult obviously it's overseas, so it's a long way from home and um, you know that's from a practical point of view, and then you've got like you know the theological and research point is why it takes so long. Now we're making 12 episodes and we plan to make 12 episodes every year. So so in the way that HBO has a series like Game of Thrones or Netflix has a House of Cards, we believe that for NBC, AD could be ongoing annual series which walks you through year after year, further and further through the book of Acts, through the epistles and through the history of Rome and what happened in those days? Well, wow. what are the
0: what are you hoping to see happens with this uh, with this story with this AD series, and what comes um, comes out of it? Just like we saw a movement among people, I think, with the Bible, people turning to the Bible and and reading it and getting into it.
3: Well, I certainly would hope that um, that the re- viewing the series will um, will inspire people, will you know allow them to um, understand the story for those that don't know it and for those that do that it will you know reinforce their faith uh, help them draw closer to god um... I, I think that the opportunity for AD, you know to reach people of all faiths is um... is very real and you know it was our it's our hope in the show that we've created that all people will come and watch it it's not uh, just been made for for Christians, um, that there's an opportunity for those that don't know anything about Jesus to turn their TV sets on uh, Sundays and discover for themselves.
2: Mm. Well, listen, um, thank you guys both so much. I know you have a million things going on, and I appreciate always talking with you and, and the great work that you're both doing, and I hope to catch up with you guys soon.
3: Uh, thank, we do too. So we absolutely do too. And, and you know, we're hoping that through AD, a bigger conversation happens across the nation. That people start talking about faith, they start talking about God, and they start talking about Jesus. And I think that would be the greatest outcome of all. That it just encourages people around the water cooler on Monday mornings to be talking about God. Wouldn't that be amazing?
2: That would be great. It, it would be. It would be. Thanks a lot, Mark and Roman. Have you. a good thank day you guys. and good luck. Thank
3: you. Bye. Thank you. And now, back
1: to the church boys. They're a real pain in my ass.
0: All right, thanks for sticking around. We had a ton of fun getting to talk to Mark and Roma. What a. What a cool couple, and getting to hear their stuff about their families was um, was neat, and we had some good conversations with them, I think, you know, before we started recording, too, some stuff that we didn't air, but what a nice, nice couple. I mean, I think they just, I think they got it figured out. And, you know, you hate to say that, and it's, again, it's the don't get happy thing, but they, they've got something there that's clicking, and so, anyway, I thought that was uh, really cool. But before we go, we just got a couple minutes left. Billy, you wrote up a story this week oh about Rand paul and i think that you and i were talking about it. i think my take on it on it is this is Rand paul making a move to go for that evangelical vote now that doesn't mean i don't think he believes it because i do think he believes this but he's come out and said this and it was on cbn so it kind of tells me also where he what what his goal was but he came out and talked about how important it is to understand that the, the First Amendment isn't all about keeping religion out of government. So tell us about this story, because I think I really think that this is part of Rand Paul's move to go to tweak the Ted Cruz support and to tweak the Huckabee support and all that stuff. What do you think?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, in in delivering this speech, I think it's also important and, and part of the context here to understanding what he was trying to do is that this was a private prayer breakfast with faith leaders, about 50 faith leaders held in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol Hill Club. There were a bunch of prominent people there. And um Yeah, so he he clearly was convening a private meeting with them, and CBN News was invited to record part of that meeting, and there's some clips that came out of it, and the one clip is him saying, you know, the First Amendment says keep government out of religion, it doesn't say keep religion out of government, and he went on to talk about the need for a Great Awakening, another Great Awakening, and for people to come together, and he makes some comments about against gay marriage, too, in there. Um, and and really talks about a quote, moral crisis in America. And I think you're right. Um, I think, you know, his biggest detriment is who his father is in a lot of people's eyes, I think. Yeah. Um, but his biggest strength is that, you know, he appeals to young people, right? Um yeah. but he can still get the evangelicals. and that's a really tough place to be. I mean, this is somebody who's spoken at Berkeley, who has, and which I mean, gosh, everyone knows there's probably not a conservative within fifteen miles of Berkeley, but um, uh, and he's gotten a round of applause and a standing ovation.
0: So, mm. He's
2: unique and interesting, and, and I think he's a candidate to to battle. And I think he, sure.
0: I think he's definitely making a connection to this faith community. And again, I think that he believes this. I think he believes when he says the First Amendment says keep government out of religion. It doesn't say keep religion out of government. I mean, if you read your history books, like accurately written history books, that's the case. There is no separation of church and state in the Constitution. That's written, that's written about in letters afterwards, and it's been misinterpreted and, and, and purposefully so. I think misreported that it wasn't about protecting the government from the churches, but protect the church from the government. They they didn't want, the founders did not want the government getting into the churches and bothering the churches. It has nothing to do. Yes, of course we're going to be people of faith. I mean, that's, there was, I think kind of a given. And if you're not a person of faith, that's okay. You can still be a part of this, but understand that this government is structured to be faith related. This is a Christian based Judeo Christian based government, right? That's, that was their, their point. But here's where I think that, that Rand Paul, was was trying to make his inroads with the evangelical conservative community, not just because he's in this meeting, but listen to what he said. I'm going to read it here. The moral crisis we have in our country, there is a role for us trying to figure things out, like marriage. Now, this is a libertarian. This is libertarian Rand Paul, who ought to be on the whole gay marriage bandwagon, but he's going here, and he's hemming and hawing, I think. This is where I start to wonder, what does he really believe, and what is he willing to say that he believes? So he says, the moral crisis we have in our country There is a role for us trying to figure things out, like marriage. Then he goes on to say, There's also a moral crisis that allows people to think that there would be some sort of other marriage. Really, there's a role outside and inside government. But I think the exhortation to try to change people's (coughs) thoughts also has to come from the countryside, from everywhere else outside of Washington. And then you wrote, Paul went on to call Washington, D.C. the most, quote, disconnected city on the planet from the people. Now, there's a standard good conservative GOP talking point DC is disconnected, but he was going, he's talking about, he's talking about defending traditional marriage and not supporting gay marriage. And I think that that was an important thing to point out that he was saying.
2: Yeah. And I'm sorry. I just choked during your, uh, that's
0: okay. Monologue. I was was hoping it was a little more serious.
2: Well, I actually tried to hit mute and then realized I didn't. And I started laughing to myself, (laughs) but the bottom, the bottom line is that you're right. I think, But it is interesting. He might very well be saying he does not believe in the theology of gay marriage, but legally maybe he would have a different view. I don't know. I don't know know enough about his same-sex marriage view. I do think a lot of people are separating those two things out, and libertarians in particular Um, Are doing that and saying, you know, we don't think it's morally right. We don't think it's what God wanted But you know what legally we can't say we're against it because we're libertarians and you know liberty liberty liberty
0: Yeah, and I I I don't know. I don't know if he believes it or not I know there are a lot of libertarians who believe in gay marriage because they think that that's just okay Uh, You know, and it's it's really interesting We actually this story came up because we just published the the April issue of the blaze magazine has a major feature story, a, a thousands of words story, um, by our own Fred Lucas. Our White House reporter did a big piece on examining, uh, we called it Come Together, and it's, a, it's there has been history, a long history, of rifts and dissension and fights between the uh, libertarian conservatives, small government libertarians, and conservative Christians. There's been a huge fight on that front for a long, long time. But now the question is, for 2016, can those two sides come together? And Fred takes a real deep look at that. So if you, <laughs> this is a shameless plug here, but go to blazemagazine.com and you can subscribe and get that, actually get that issue for free. But I just thought of that right now as we're talking about Rand Paul. Rand Paul is counting on that. The very thing that Fred writes about in the in the magazine, about the coming together, that is the only way Paul gets elected is if libertarians and Christian conservatives can come together and say, you know what, we can find common ground on protecting religious rights in this country, protecting liberties, and shrinking the government. I, I, and
2: I think I, you I actually have to abandon the obsession with banning gay marriage because it's over. That battle is over, and I know we can have a whole episode on this, but it doesn't mean you abandon your morals on it, but I think that, that focusing campaigns on that is not going to be effective in terms of winning an election when you have more than half the country mm-hmm. saying... They don't even see a moral issue with gay marriage anymore. I I, I think that I.
0: I don't think that you give. I don't think you give up on your opposition to gay marriage. I don't think you make that your lead issue. I think that's the big thing. Do you know what I mean? I. I I don't think you win. I think that that can be part of your strategy of saying, "Listen, I believe in traditional marriage. I don't think that gay marriage is where it is. I mean, if that's what you believe, I think you can. I think you can win on a platform that includes that. I just don't think that can be your lead issue. I don't think it even be in your top ten issues. I think it can be religious freedom. Can be your lead issue. And with this fight in Indiana that's going on over, uh, RIFA, excuse me. I think that that could be huge. I think that could be a huge, the lead issue and not, and not a debate over gay marriage, but a debate on religious freedom because that can lead to a debate about marriage.
2: And we will talk, I'm sure we'll be talking about Indiana next week. Once we have an idea, um, some ideas about what's actually going to be happening right. there. we you know, come there's a lot now. to talk about there, but
0: yeah, if you heard his press conference this week, frustrating anyway so anyway he can't decide if he's going to stand up for religious freedom or not but that's not that's not uncommon amongst republicans Well, let's face it i mean
2: indiana up. was basically bankrupted <laughs> practically in the course <laughs> but, of I days mean, it's,
0: so. it's, it's, it's 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 as though indiana was the first one to have this riffa and it's not it's like the the 20th well it goes back to the issue with the country song
2: Reading comprehension, people. Reading uh, comprehension. There is no actually read sense. the bill, Miley Cyrus, before you
0: tweet about it. Well, and uh, and the governor of Connecticut came out and said, "I am banning travel to Indiana. No one from our state government is allowed to travel. There will be no government travel to Indiana." Um, well, uh, Chris, governor, governor, governor Malloy of of, of 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 Connecticut. Um, you actually have a riffle law on the books. In fact, it's even more strict than Indiana's.
2: Well, you know, let's also keep in mind that that's how you keep people's attention off of the fact that your taxes are completely out of control, and they're paying among the highest taxes in the country. But you know, happy Easter. Uh,
0: happy Easter, huh? Praise the Lord. Happy.
2: Easter. Read your Bibles, people.
0: <laughs> no, I did not ask you yet for your for your wisdom for the people. So, any, I gave any words? It. Any words of advice, Bill? I read your Bibles and the blades. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye.